What's up, y'all? It's the kid, Emilio Sparks, the broke celebrity on the MIC. With me, I got my man right now, who's harder to track down than the Pope sometimes, but <laughs> it's hard to track you it's down. It's hard to find it's, me? It's hard to track you down because yeah. I hit you up on MySpace. Right. I got no reply. So then I actually got the numbers from Spliff, and then, right. it, and then it took care of me, but then it was like, he's busy doing this, and he's busy saving the world from a forest fire, <laughs> and, you know, he's going down to New Orleans to fix the levees, and, you know, so, so why don't we just put a voice to the name, why don't you explain to the people who you are? It's me, you know, baby, Oswald, the king of Brooklyn. I'm the dude that's um, kind of like setting fire to Brooklyn and setting fire to New York, you know what I mean, because it's, it's getting bigger than Brooklyn, it's actually getting bigger than New York right now, like my buzz is growing every day. The last time I came up here, I wasn't even signed yet. No man, I was just trying to, you know, I was just basically hitting the mixtape circuits, trying to get in the door. And here we are, about a, le- a year later, I'm signing Universal. I'm working on my album, Death Before Dishonor, and I'm just standing in the streets. I'm working on Lil' Kim's album. I'm trying to get on everything. I'm trying to be a part of everything, man. And I'm still hitting the streets up. I'm still doing the Smack DVDs, the All Access, everything. The mixtapes, the mixtape in the street, real recognized, real. I just completed another mixtape with DJ Self. That'll be out in like another week. Do you feel that mixtapes can help an artist, or sometimes they, they put an artist in jeopardy because is all they can be known as a mixtape artist. See, it's a double-edged sword right there. Depending on who you are, you gotta you gotta really analyze the game, see, and really use mixtapes for a vehicle as a platform, not to be looking at mixtapes like you made it. Now, if you're an artist, the mixtape circuit is hard. Mixtape circuit is like scavenger world. You understand? Because it's so hard just to even get inside of the mixtape circuit. I'm talking about not just popping up on a tape here and popping up on a tape there. I'm talking about in a circuit where you're circulating and people hearing you consistently that buy mixtapes. All the mixtape fans, they can always pick up a mixtape and find a main or song or something. That's being in the mixtape circuit. Now, the thing about that is that you got maybe 300 DJs and a few thousand rappers. How do you separate yourself from the average rapper? You got to distinguish yourself. Mixtapes are, for me, platform to get from one point to another. You know, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for mixtapes. How is your marketing strategy? Besides the mixtape thing in general, because you did create a buzz through the mixtapes, but how is your marketing strategy to break that stigma of just being another Brooklyn-based rapper? I did two things. One, I love that camera, man. I started to notice that the mixtapes are great, but we had this thing that was coming up, you know, I'm fortunate enough to catch the wave when, you know, right now of the DVD era. The DVD era right now is is bigger than mixtapes. It's so big. I mean, it's the child of mixtapes, though. The DVDs, like the Smacks, the All Access, the the Crack DVDs, the, the Hood DVDs. People are lazy. They don't want to read magazines. They don't want to read. Why not just pop in a DVD, smoke and relax, drink and watch who you want to watch, fast forward, you know what I mean? Do what you want to do at your leisure. So what I did was I jumped into the DVD circuit. And when I when I first did Smack, I had an instant response. And I saw that, all right, this is, this is my thing right here. Let me play... Let me play to this camera. What I did was I was one of the first persons to start really doing hood videos for my street songs and my mixtapes, my street songs and my uh, freestyles. I would I would do a freestyle, then I would take it and do a whole video. You know what I mean? So I'm, I'm one of the very first dudes to really start that. Now it's common to see that on the DVDs, but I was one of the first ones doing that. Um, that combined with me dropping the song Rumors put me in a whole other space. Now, dropping the song Rumors, how hard did it have an effect on the industry in general? Oh, man, it did. Rumors did everything for me, man. Me already creating a platform already for myself with the mixtapes and the DVDs, then coming with rumors. What that did was people that already knew me, knew, knew about me, that knew me, that was already feeling me, it was like, whoa. And now you, you got people that never heard of Mano that started to pay attention. I had Ann Nalls calling my phone, dog. I didn't even think that happened. I thought, I, I read about stuff like that and I thought that was not true. I had Ann Nalls calling my phone directly, man. I had people in the business, I mean, just Blaze called my phone directly.
Dude, I was like, wow. I couldn't believe it. Now, how many people did you actually aggravate when you did that song? Hey, man. And what was the concept behind the song? What made you want to the concept, attack the spectrum? The concept, I felt like, let me let me just tell you, right? It goes back to the mixtape thing. I said, all right, I know I'm an artist. I know that I got a lot more to offer than just doing freestyles and street joints, right? But how do I make the world understand that? Let me come up with a concept that's going to distinguish me from the average person on these mixtapes, that's going to put me in another space, that's going to make other people pay attention to me. And I came up with the rumors thing. The average dude would have made that a freestyle. Me knowing and understanding the power of a song, I said, you know, I'm going to make this a song. Three verses, hook, a singing hook. That's how the concept came about. It was premeditated. I really wanted to grab the attention. And as far as um people that I pissed off like that, that's not really a concern of mine, really. You know what I mean? Because it is what it is. Like It's about rumors. I didn't come in there and say, I would do this to this person. I would do this to this person. It was just me taking a concept and me being witty about it and expressing it. Listen, this is what I heard. I heard the same thing you heard. All those rumors was already in the street already, in the papers, in, in people's mouths, and on the radio. It was already talked about. I, you know, it was not, not added on. Do you feel that commercialism in hip-hop is pretty much the death of this music? I mean, yeah, it's great to branch off and break into other non-urban markets such as Z100 and KTU. If you're a, a popular MC and you bass and you're supposed to be hood and you're supposed to have this, this street credibility and you singing on the hook, does that bring down your popularity or does it actually make you realize more that how marketable you can be? Is commerciality in this genre of music the death of this industry? Hip-hop had to grow. started in the streets in order for it to get accepted in, in the mainstream world. It had, to, it had to break those barriers. We needed to go from the streets to the suburbs. I think it's a way to do it without really uh, spreading yourself too thin. But how much realism gets lost within the music? It, it's all on the person. I think each individual is different. Take a guy like 50. He's selling crazy records. You know what I mean? His fans is not even really in the hood no more. But he still has a street appeal, though. So I think it depends on the person. What sets me apart is that I'm different, man. I'm giving the people myself. It's not nothing fake. It's not nothing added. I'm giving my people my life, my soul, my pain, everything, my passion. You understand what I'm saying? Like, I'm a real person. I come to the people as the people, not above them, not on the side of them. I just try to, you know, do real things at all times. You know what I mean? The name of my uh, my album is Death Before the Sign Up. It coincides with my life and the people that live like me and the people that, that come up in the streets like me and understand there's rules and principles to the game that are missing right now. Right now, as far as the streets is concerned and the industry is concerned, I come from that perspective. I'm not really with the, you know, the. Uh, You're not a studio rapper. Nah, and studio I, and gangster. Yeah. For the young up and comers, what mm -hmm. can you tell them about the industry? How grimy is the industry right now? The industry is grimy. The industry is crazy. I mean, it better have your mind right. You better have your mind together. This ain't about how nice you are. This is about rubbing elbows and, and, and putting your, putting yourself in position to, to be heard and, and dealing with the right kind of people. If you're not doing none of that, then you're gonna be rhyming from your block for the rest of your life. And if you do luck up and get a shot, you better take advantage of everything that comes your way, you know what I mean, music, we get it, it's a platform, like, some of the things I want to branch off into, I don't want to be a rap rapper for the rest of my life. To back up just a little bit, you were talking about before, about your music, and how you were brought up, and how you hustled to get in, would you say that you were a product of your environment, the way that you were brought up, to hustle with that mentality, to know that this is how you had to get into the game, and does that reflect personally in your music? Definitely. Do you think that there is, like, a trend where everybody thinks that you, the more G you are, so the more, the more G you're going to be on your record, and that is what sells records? Or is it actually the idea is lost within the person's music? Because all they do is talk about money, jail, crack sale, hustle. Yeah, because a lot of, lot of see, you can't really fool the people. Real always going to get recognized real, regardless to what. If you was a guy with a college background and, and you worked a few odd jobs and you never really was in the crime, you might have lived in the hood, but you never participated in the underworld, and then you try to make your music like that, it's going to come out. That's not really you. Whether you're able to do it well enough to sell records or not, I mean, that's that's up to the person. But most times not. The problem is that people don't know how to be themselves. They think that maybe, Dan, you know, 
know what? I'm going to do it like this. I'm going to do it like that and talk this and talk that. When I don't think they, they, they really have to do that. Kanye is a perfect example of that. He's selling crazy records just being himself. And that should be a wake-up call for a lot of other people. Now, that don't apply to me. My life is totally opposite from Kanye. My music is the way it is because that's the, you know, that's the way it is. So who inspired you to pick up the pen? What made you, who made you want to become an MC? Was um, it anything in general or was it just that you enjoyed you know, grabbing a crowd just by your words in general. What made you pick up hey, the pen? I was in prison. Out of boredom, I was around people that were that were rhyming. And I said, you know what, damn, you know, I ain't got nothing to do. Let me let me start writing rhymes out of as a hobby to pass time, pass a few hours of the day. You know what I mean? I'm locked in 23 hours of the day. If I'm not eating or sleeping or, or reading or working out, then what am I doing? It started out as a, as a hobby, and around the same time, Big was doing his thing. Big came from around my way, so that helped inspire me. Like, damn, I seen him. That's the first time I really saw somebody, you know, maybe a little older than me, but in my peer group that, that's really doing it. Like, I went to school with Kim. I'm looking at her on videos now. That kind of bogged me out. That never happened to me. I'm like, damn, I went to school with this girl. And then I also felt like, you know, if I'm really a hustler like I claim to be, then a real hustler advances his hustles. He just don't limit himself to just just one thing. I just can't limit myself to just crack. Can't just limit myself just to the street. If I'm really worldly and I'm really about a dollar and I'm really about advancement, then music is a hustle. Use it as a tool. Use it as a way to advance from one level to another, especially for a guy like me that's coming from a crazy background. Now, I'm not saying I just want to use music because at the same time I want to give back because me getting put on and me being successful is also is inspiration for a lot of other youth out there that's going through and have been through the same thing that I've been through. I did 10 years in penitentiary. For anybody that doesn't know, how does prison life change a person? It either kills you or makes you stronger. Did you feel that made you stronger in a way that it made you more, more of a lyrical monster where you came out and you sharpened your skills because that's all you said you could do? It wasn't even about my lyrical prowess. It made me stronger mentally to be able to deal with the industry. Just sharpening my lyrical skills is not going to be able to get me in, into the door. You can't walk into, the, into these doors, into these into these offices with just, with just lyrics. You got to be able to mingle and finagle and get in, and get in situations. Prison thickened my skin and it helped me be able to deal with people a lot better because you're in a prison, you're in a cell block, hundreds of other men, maybe thousands. So you're dealing with a lot of different personalities close up. Either you're going to buck the system all the time and always keep getting into fights or it's going to thicken your skin and you're going to not humble yourself sometimes and maneuver around certain problems. I was able to come out here and deal with people better. I was able to function better. So that's what prison did for me. I right, no doubt. This is the last question because we got Mano up in here and I know he's got to go because he's a busy man. For all your years and everything that you did and everything that you, you proclaimed to be and mm -hmm. the business aspect and everything like that, what is Mano's definition of hip-hop? My definition of hip-hop is, is a way of life, man. I'm, I'm probably more of a fan than a rapper. I love to listen to it. I love to smell it. I love to feel it. I can remember every song like Kings and the Bismarck's and the Rakim's, and I remember right where I was when those songs would come on. And when I hear those songs to this day, I remember right where I was at, you know, what feeling I was feeling back then and I always remember that I couldn't not live without it you know what I mean so it's definitely a part of my life it's a way of life you know and I and I want to help it continue man I'm the kid Emilio Sparks you with my man Mano big shout out to yeah. everybody that helped me out my move Carl Lawrence thank you very much hopefully next time I won't take a year and a day to track him <laughs> down and we'll get him in again we'll be right back keep it tuned 718-982-3060 hit me on the kick Emilio Sparks 777